You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very glad to be with you all today here on the broadcast. We're going to start off today with some pretty much breaking news at this point. The petitions have been verified by the Secretary of State for all candidates running as a statewide independent. So there is the governor's race in which two people applied to run as an independent. The secretary of state's race where one person applied uh, as an independent. And the senate race where one person applied as an independent. We are currently in the position that only one of those candidates was confirmed to the ballot. We have had Neil Peterson on the program. I consider Neil Peterson maybe not a friend, but a, a good colleague. I'd like to be a friend with him. He's a great guy. For my involvement with his campaign, for my support of his campaign, and him coming on this program. And he has not been confirmed to the ballot in November. So as of right now, the only person who will be a statewide independent is Tor Maras, who ran originally in the primary, the Republican primary, was unable to get enough signatures to get on the ballot at that point. And received 5,010 signatures during the independent gathering cycle. 5,010 signatures is what she needed. Neil Peterson received 4,455, I believe it was. He had a very exact number that he did not receive. He, He was hardly short. Obviously not enough that they could round it up. They can't round that up. It could be 4,999, and he would have only received 4,999 signatures and would have been in the same position. But I want to talk about this later in the Ohio segment. I just wanted to give you all listening some breaking news pretty much as it broke. Neil Peterson, as of right now, will not be on the November election ballot. No independent will be on the November election ballot for governor. The other two candidates who were not confirmed was... Uh, Patrick uh, Dunnican, running with Mary Dunnican. I'm guessing it's a father, or not father and son, but a a husband and wife situation with that one. And Kelly Prather will not be on the ballot for United States Senate. The Soros-linked group, we're going to go to the national news now, here on the Conservative Crusader. A Soros-linked group wins a $172 million contract from Biden to help border crossers avoid deportation. A left-wing group linked to billionaire George Soros has won a nearly $172 million federal contract from President Joe Biden administration to help young border crossers avoid deportation, a report revealed this week. Fox News reported on Thursday that the very Institute of Justice with financial ties to Soros has won a federal contract for $171.7 million that will provide attorneys to unaccompanied alien children to avoid deportation from the United States. The federal contract could end up showering the Versa Institute Institute of Justice with $1 billion in taxpayer funding, Fox News reported. As Breitbart reported in 2018, the Vera Institute of Justice was previously awarded $310 million by the Obama administration to help the same group avoid deportation. The group also takes taxpayer money via sanctuary jurisdictions. In 2019, the 
Vera Institute of Justice worked with the city of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, to create a program dedicated to helping illegal aliens avoid deportations, specifically by providing them with legal, free legal services. So we have this this side that has been unwilling to let this story, and I shouldn't, I don't think it should be let go, but I'm willing to stop talking about this story, the 10-year-old girl in Ohio who is raped by her mother's boyfriend and had to go to Indiana to get an abortion. And the only reason that she had to go to Indiana to get an abortion is because her mother was on the side of her boyfriend and not on the side of her child that was raped and impregnated. That boyfriend was an illegal immigrant. So we have here this side that has been unwilling to stop talking about this story for a second. Who is also currently defending every possible border crosser. Currently defending anyone who wants to come into our country illegally, even if they are a minor. Undocumented aliens are undocumented aliens and will cause problems. In this Soros-backed group, the Vera Institute of Justice, winning $171.7 million from taxpayer money is not surprising. It is upsetting that that is what the Biden administration, illegitimate or not, has came to. Supporting these immigrants who are the same, who are the reason this this young girl was raped in this story. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because it is quite, not ironic, but it's it's interesting. It's just the way that they, they're anti- they're anti or they're pro abortion until it's I'm sorry, they're how do I word this? They are pro illegal aliens so much that they will allow a 10 year old girl to get raped because of them. That's the point we're at right now with the Biden administration, with the Democratic Party, and I'm not surprised. So we're going to move on to the program here on the Conservative Crusader. And there's a clip, and I don't want to misrepresent him, but I want to play a clip. From the senator from Texas, Ted Cruz. I don't know. Uh, Twitter clips are really weird. They cut in in and out in quality, so it may not sound the greatest. But I do want to play this clip from Senator Ted Cruz. Obergefell, the court said no. We know better than you guys do, and now every state must uh, m- must sanction and and permit gay marriage. Um, I think that decision was clearly wrong when it was decided. Um, it was the court overreaching. Uh, in Oberga- and that's the 18-second clip from uh, Really American One, which I'm pretty sure is a Democratic organization. But we have Ted Cruz saying what conservatives have been saying forever. Obergefell was a huge overstep by the Supreme Court. If it's not within the Constitution, if it's not a constitutional right, it is to be left up to the states. That is how our country was founded. That is how our country is intended to be structured. And the Supreme Court deciding that state laws are invalid because they say so, because they want to legislate from the bench, is exactly what's gone wrong with this country. And it's exactly what was overran when it came to the time of Roe v. Wade. 
So I actually agree with the senator. People are going to say, Josh, that's prejudice. Okay, I don't care. I really don't care. I believe it should be overturned. I believe Obergefell v. Hodges, the 2015 U.S. Supreme Court president that legalized same-sex marriage, should be overturned, with states left to decide their own marriage laws. Because if we are going down to this side, and I'm, I, I can go on an anti-democracy rant if you want. If we are going down to the side of democracy, if we're going down to the side of Republicans, or I'm sorry, the, the, the federal government deciding every issue, then it should not be the Supreme Court deciding. If the Democratic majority and the Republican, the weak Republicans in, in the federal government want to pass a constitutional amendment legalizing same-sex marriage for the rest of time, go right ahead. Do it. Accomplish it. You have the votes. I'm sure there are 17 pro-gay marriage Republicans. It really wouldn't surprise me. So they have the votes. They can do it. So do it. Don't use the nonpartisan body of government that is the Supreme Court to pass your agenda as they are doing. I agree wholeheartedly in this issue with Senator Ted Cruz. Holy matrimony is between a man and a woman. And that's all I'm going to say with that. But I do want to move on to a story, and I'm trying to kind of go fast throughout the broadcast today because we have a lot to get to in the Ohio segment, and I want to leave plenty of time for that. But there is an ex-Republican senator who believes the party has become a cult and Trump has poisoned our democracy. And I want to talk a little bit about something that I, I haven't mentioned a lot of on the program, but it's very passionate to me. The changing of our language. And this is something that I'm not very well spoken on. I haven't researched a lot of, but it's just my personal view of what I've seen. Is this slippery slope does not only exist when it comes to trans kids and, and drag queen story time hours. It doesn't only exist when it comes to cultural battles, but it actually exists when it comes to our language. America was never seen as a democracy. If the founding fathers heard you call America a democracy... They would have laughed you out of the room. They would have laughed you out of the Constitutional Convention if they believed America should be a democracy. There is a reason that our government is structured in the way we are. We are structured as a constitutional republic so that the absolute minority of states, which would be California, New York, and probably Florida and, and Texas, California and New York overwhelmingly would decide our presidential elections. And they realized this could happen. They realized they grew up in England. They, they, most of our founders were from England. And they were like, yeah, we, we've seen these big cities overtake countries. And they founded our electoral college. They established our elect electoral college. So we are a constitutional republic. Instead of saying, um, what, what's the word they say? Poison our democracy. We should say poisoned our republic if that's what you're going about. But the left started pushing. When, when we started nation building in Afghanistan, I think is when this really started. It could have started before, but that's when I, I remember it, just reading about it, it truly happening. It was when we started to nation build in Afghanistan after 9-11. We need to establish a democracy in Afghanistan. We need to build up a democracy like the one we have at home. They kept using the term democracy. 
and obviously trying to keep the national unity we had after 9-11, the Republican Party was like, yeah, democracy. Democracy sounds nice. We can, we can establish a democracy in Afghanistan. We're not going to have a democracy here. We're not, we're not a democracy for a reason, but let's have a democracy in Afghanistan. And then they kept saying democracy. And the word democracy started taking over our language. And the word of democracy started taking over our government. And now this fake form of government, which we don't have in the United States, we are not a democracy, we're a constitutional republic. We might even be a democratic republic. We're still not a democracy. And this language that is claimed to our democracy has been plaguing us for too long. And even now, former Republican senators are buying into the claim that we are a democracy. So America has never been a democracy. America should never be a pure democracy. Because California and New York should not completely and utterly override every other state in the nation. So when they say poisoned our democracy, push back. If you are in a discussion with someone that says Trump destroyed our democracy, Trump Trump trampled our democracy, just say not democracy, republic. Just push back on it that way. But we are going to move on here on the program. Because I want to talk about this from Alan Simpson, the former uh, senator said the current iteration of the GOP has become a cult. He said, we're not really talking about common sense or even politics anymore in my party. Simpson was critical of former President Trump while praising Liz Cheney, and there it is. He is not pro-Trump because Trump created a cult. Trump created a voting bloc who is solely reliant on his endorsements. Look at Ohio, look at the primary. And I'm thinking about doing a special episode talking about the primary and what, what every different candidate played because every different candidate played a different role in that primary. And we, we could do that. But, but just look at the loyalty to President Trump. Go back to 2000 and even before that was George W. Bush, H.W. Bush, I'm sorry. There was pure loyalty to the Bushes. And the, the Trump fans might not like that I'm going to compare Trump to Reagan. And the Reagan fans might not like it either. But but Reagan was overwhelmingly hated by the establishment in, in 1980. The only way they could get the establishment on board, kind of like how they did with Mike Pence, was put H.W. Bush on the ticket. They hated each other. They were never friends. They never worked together. But H.W. Bush took over for Reagan, obviously, after his term. And ran and no new taxes happened and we saw where that went. And it's been downhill from there. So to say there's not a, a, a former cult with the Cheneys and the Bushes is just false. So this book is, is, a, is a shame in that any, considering any Republican would, would say that America and Trump destroyed our democracy. You're not really a Republican. You're not a conservative. You never were. You're a jealous anti-Trump rhino, and I'm not afraid to say that. My name is JP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Back right after this here on the program. Be right back after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. No. Uh, Look, if you check the record six months ago, I made it clear. 
that you have people like Manchin, Cinema, Cinema to a lesser degree, who are intentionally sabotaging the president's agenda, what the American people want, what a majority of us in the Democratic caucus want. Nothing new about this. And the problem was that we continue to talk to Manchin like he was serious. He was not. This is a guy who is a major recipient of fossil fuel money, a guy who has received campaign contributions from 25 Republican billionaires. Okay, this guy is serious? Senator, I want, I, okay, you say he wasn't serious, but Manchin says his main goal is to do what's good for West Virginia, and he's worried about inflation. Listen to what he told the really, West Virginia really? radio station. Listen to this, please. Is that right? And inflation is absolutely killing many, many people. So we're going to go they ahead and fade this out here. But th- that was Bernie Sanders on a Sunday TV interview with ABC News, where he said that he, he melts down over Joe Manchin putting West Virginia before the Democratic Party and before their interests. The party's interests, they put, he put West Virginia's interests over the party's interests. Independent Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders lost it Sunday over Democratic West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin on ABC's This Week. Senators cut off This Week host Martha Raddox when she brought up Manchin's refusal to back a key bill for Democrats that covers climate provision and tax hikes. As seen in a clip shared to Twitter, that clip I just played. Obviously, he said the quote. I'm not going to read his quote again. You can read it if you want to read it again in the show notes below. And I meant to say before we went to break that if you'd like to support the program, I mean, we, we do this virtually for free. And I I love doing the program for free, and it will always be free as far as I have control of doing the program. But if you'd like to support the program, get interviews early, get behind-the-scenes content, then go to patreon.com slash gopjosh, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash gopjosh for $3 a month. You can help out the program. Not required. I, I would greatly appreciate it, but it's not going to be the end-all be-all for the program. The program will continue, but it's a great way to support the program. If you do enjoy listening and you want to help out this show, especially with inflation nowadays, affording everything to keep this show going is is quite a bit, and I really appreciate all of the support we get financially and just supportively and, and, and just supporting by watching, by listening through the commercials after the first break. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, it's an honor to do this program, and I appreciate everything you can do. I wanted to play that clip of Bernie Sanders melting down for no reason outside of just, he's melting down. It's hilarious. He's just complaining like that. I mean, it, it, it's hilarious. I mean, Joe Manchin is from the the probably second most Republican state in the nation, one of the most Republican states in the nation at least. And, and Bernie Sanders is mad he's not voting like the senator from Vermont, like he's not voting from the senator from California, the senator from New York, the senator from Connecticut. He's mad that he's not voting like him when he's from the state of West Virginia. I I believe Manchin is getting old, but he does have future political aspirations. Most people in politics have a future political aspiration. They they can be the president and they want a second term. They can be the president and want a job as a commentator or a job as a speaker for the rest of their life. I mean, there's always a future aspiration when it comes to politics. Joe Manchin still has one. And he doesn't want to be dead on arrival in, in West Virginia. And so that is why he's not voting like a partisan Democrat. He's not voting like a Connecticut Democrat. But we're going to move on.
The House passed two bills protecting abortion rights. And I'm putting rights in quotes. This is an article from The Insider, which if you don't know, Business Insider is quite liberal. These two bills split largely along party lines, passing in the Democratic House. The Democratic-led House of Representatives on Friday voted to advance two bills that would federally protect abortion rights three weeks after overturning of Roe v. Wade. The Women's Health Protection Act, sponsored by Judy Chu of California, passed in a 219-210 vote, largely along par- uh, party lines. Democratic Representative Henry Kohler of Texas joined Republicans in opposing the bill, which prohibits governmental restrictions on the provision of and access to abortion services. The Ensuring Access to Abortion Act, sponsored by Democrat Representative Leslie Fitcher, advanced in 223-205. Fred Upton, uh, Adam Kinzinger joined the Democrats in supporting the bill. The Ensuring Access to Abortion Act would protect the rights of women to travel across state lines for reproductive care. Those were the two bills that passed. And, and a comment I've gotten, I've got an email to me saying, Josh, you said you don't want abortion to a, to a state issue in your interview, interview with Jan Rajewski. You said you want the federal government to restrict abortion, and that I did, and I stand by that. Speaking of which, if you missed that interview, you can go back, uh, gopjosh.com slash interviews, and watch it there. There's a link for YouTube for as long as it's up for on there, and Rumble. If you want to listen to that over there, me with J.R. Majewski. But he said, Josh, you want a national heartbeat bill. You want a national restriction on abortion. And I do. I truly believe that the federal government, a Republican-led federal government, it'd have to be Republican-led, should pass a bill protecting life from conception. The left-wing party of America, the Democratic Party of America, will continue passing legislation such as this to try to protect what they can of the non-right to abortion, the non-right to abortion. They will continue trying that. They're not going to succeed, but they're going to continue trying. It's not going to pass the Senate. But if they're going to try, we need to fight back. We we can't just keep holding up the defense. The, The defense on language is what led to my rant earlier about democracy. We cannot always be on defense. We have to be on offense. We have to fight back. The best defense is a great offense. We have to push back against them by banning abortion nationwide. And I I stand by that. And the Republicans, DOA Republicans, Fred Upton, I think he's not running for re-election, and Adam Kinzinger, who's not running for re-election, supporting it is just a goal for more money in their pocket eventually. It's that simple. That plain, that simple on that story. And I, I want to talk about one more story from the health side of the show. A bill or a, a, a interview about monkeypox. If you remember the story about monkeypox. The former U.S. and uh, Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Scott Gallup said on Monday that he wouldn't be surprised if there are thousands of monkeypox cases in the United States, warning that the window to get control of the virus may be closed. Uh, I don't believe there's a clip for this interview, but I do believe I have a quote here. I think they're going to be reluctant to use the word pandemic because it implies they fail to contain this. I think at the point we've come to, uh, we fail to contain this. Uh, Gottlieb told CBS's Face the Nation moderator, Margaret Brennan, quote, we're not the cup of this becoming an endemic virus with it now being something that's persistent that we need to continue to deal with. End of quote. Repeat the line, he added. Although cases have primarily been detected among men who have had um, intercourse with men, Gottlieb said the virus has spread more broadly in the community and current reported uh, health uh, trends are part and because tech 
testing has focused on uh, health clinics. We're probably just detecting a fraction of the actual cases. So I don't know how often a virus that spread through human-to-human, male-to-male specifically content or contact in that way will, will turn into a pandemic. But monkeypox is the only pandemic, the only possible virus they have that will shut down enough of the population to to steal the election in 2022, steal the many elections in 2022, trying to reaffirm a Democratic majority, which will never be reasonably obtained. Even Democrats are conceding that fact. That's all they have is monkeypox. No one is afraid of monkeypox. I'm not afraid of monkeypox. I'm not doing the kind of actions you have to have to get monkeypox. So, so claiming it's going to be the next pandemic, claiming it's going to be endemic, is just a joke. It's just a joke. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. Just like the, the Secretary of State of Ohio's office is a joke. We do have a voicemail line. 57GOPJosh7 is our number. 574-675-6747. You can call and leave a voicemail. No voicemails today on the program. But it is free. Um, toll may apply. I don't know. I think it's toll free in America. 57GOPJosh7. 574-675-6747 is the phone number of the broadcast. You can also email me, josh at gopjosh.com. That is J-O-S-H at G-O-P-J-O-S-H dot C-O-M. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader slash message. We have plenty of ways for you to get in contact with me, get in contact with the program here on The Conservative Crusader. We're going to go to a break. We're going to get our last break out of the way because I want to talk about Ohio. I need to talk about Ohio and how crazy this Secretary of State's office has been because there's a lot of indiscrepancies with the counting of of the signatures in the confirmation to the ballot a lot of problems i want to talk about that when we return here on the program on the red future radio network my name is up josh be right back after this you're listening to the conservative crusader This is the Conservative Crusader. I'm Neil Peterson, independent candidate for governor of Ohio. Today, our campaign heard from the Secretary of State's office, and I am disappointed to announce that the County Board of Elections have invalidated enough of our signatures to bring our total below the required threshold to be on the ballot. But at this point, we are moving into another phase of this election. Our team is examining every post-validation petition, and we are going to fight for each signature that they claim to be invalid. We will not let your voice be silenced. Here's how you can help. If you circulated a petition or if you signed our petition, we want to hear from you. Please go to neilpeterson.com slash verify and let your voice be heard. We need all of us to stand up and to be a part of this movement, a movement that will bring a new day to Ohio where freedom, family, and faith are celebrated once again. We're looking forward to winning this fight, 
And no matter what the news tells us today, we are anticipating victory in November. May God bless you and may God bless the great state of Ohio. That was a video address from Neil Peterson, independent candidate for governor of Ohio. He obviously came on this program, did an hour-long interview with me. You can scroll back for that on my Rumble page, on your podcast RSS feed, but you will not find it on YouTube. Fun fact, they took it down. But that is Neil Peterson, and he made that statement because he was not confirmed to the November ballot. I'm trying to find, we're we're finding the numbers right now of how many signatures he actually had verified and how many were rejected. And and so I want to talk about that because it's important to know. Like how close independent candidates can be with Jim just throwing it off. 555 valid signatures. 555. He is not planning he is planning to fight this. I hope he plans to fight this. And if you signed his petition at maybe a candidate event at a dinner, at a fundraiser, and you signed your signature saying that you want him on the ballot, go to com slash Peterson. Or slash verify, I'm sorry, slash verify. I'm reading an article about it right now from the Cincinnati.com, the, the fake news Cincinnati.com. I wanted to put that out there, neilpeterson.com slash verify. If you did sign his petition, put your name down, proving that you did, and they can validate your signature from there. They will do everything they can to validate it. And I hope he makes it on the ballot. I hope this isn't it. I hope the fight that he put in isn't over. Because I, to, to be honest, I, I'm fed up with the establishment that we have right now. And, and, and Frank LaRose, frankly, has not done a great job as Secretary of State. Following his own state laws, he has not done a great job at. The, the laws he is in charge of, he hasn't done a positive job at. He has not done a great job. That's why I supported John Adams. I am... I am perplexed at how crazy that this went. This 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 blows my mind. Not that no Peterson was rejected. I was expecting it at least the first time. But it blows my mind that Tor Moras made the ballot. Now, if you don't know who Terpashar Tormaras is, and I'm not going to attack her, she doesn't have the best record. But a crazy thing is, is people were planning to, to, to automatically discount Neil Peterson, throw him out there saying that he, he's not qualified, he can't run, because he voted in the primary. And another thing is if you filed petitions to run as an independent or as a Republican or a Democrat, you cannot run as a as an independent in the, in the general, is what they've said. But it apparently doesn't matter because Tor Moras filed petitions, and I'm trying to find an article about this is why I'm kind of talking slow. She, she filed her petitions to run as a Republican 
in the primary against John Adams and against uh, Mr. LaRose, and she's still accepted. I'm I, I'm blown, absolutely blown away. I'm I'm blown away. And I, I can't find it now, of course. Of course, when I'm on the spot, I can't find what I'm looking for. Here it is. This is a quote. I guess this is just for the governor office. I, I don't know how it wouldn't be for every office. But the restriction is, I'm going to read it here, word for word from the Ohio laws. Shall not accept it for filing the statement of candidacy of a person who desires to be an independent candidate to the office of governor or lieutenant governor who for the same election has already filed a declaration of candidacy and declaration of intent to be a writing candidate or statement of candidacy or has become a candidate by the filing of a vacant filling of a vacancy under section five three or three five one three point three zero of the Ohio Revised Code for any other state office or any federal or county office. So she ran as a Republican. She didn't run for governor. I think that's where that's at. But she made it on the ballot. And I want to try to reach out, find out how I can contact Tor Moras and have her on the program, have her defend herself, have her talk to the voters of Ohio. We've had plenty of candidates on this program. I'd love to have Tor Moras on. So if any of you know how to contact her campaign, email me, josh at gopjosh.com, 574-675-6747. Call me. Find out how I can contact her campaign and have her on the program. Because I want to talk to her why she's running independent. But... I think this is a larger chess game for Frank LaRose. Frank LaRose has pretty much has it in the bag. He's the Republican. He's Trump-endorsed. He's liked. Pretty much has it in the bag. Just like um, Mike DeWine now has it in the bag being uncontested, and I hope he's not. We need another Republican, a, a true conservative on the ballot. So if you did sign this petition, please go dot com slash verify. I will link it in the show notes below. One click. Show that you signed his petition. And if you didn't sign his petition, don't do it. Don't waste the time. I'm not working for his campaign. I'm just using my platform, trying to use my platform to help him out. Because I like Neil. I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. He's, he's running a faith-based campaign to be, the next gov- to, the, to be the next governor, and I applaud that fully. So help him out. And hopefully Tor Maras, if I can find out her website. I can't even find a website for her. Oh, it's marasforohio.com.ohiosvoice.com. That's quite the website domain. But she has made it on the ballot. She has made it on the ballot. Blows my mind, frankly. So we're going to try to contact her, try to see if she'll come on the program and talk about her campaign. Just just introduce her campaign to the voters. So we're going to try... And get her on. We'll also try to see. I want to try to see if I can get Neil Peterson on for a a very short scheduled interview to talk about just the the final reach to try to get on the ballot. We're gonna try that out. We're gonna see if we can get him on. And that is for our Ohio segment at the end of a program. It wouldn't be an hour long with Neil Peterson. It would just be a short segment like this talking about it. But but read into the candidates and make sure you make an informed decision. If you like Frank LaRose, vote for Frank LaRose. If you if you think the way he's managing his office is worth voting for again, then vote for him. I cannot personally support Frank LaRose again. And I'd love to have him on. And I'd love to have Chelsea Clark on. And I'd love to have Mike DeWine on and Nan Whaley on and Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance. I'd love to have all of them on. All of them planning to run on the ballot that will be on the ballot or not. If Neil Peterson won't be on the ballot, I'd like to have him on to talk about that. 
we, we love having guests on, especially from the state of Ohio, like Jerry Majewski, like Neil Peterson, like Mark Bukito, like Joe Blyston, and like John Adams. Because they are people who are stepping forward and putting their name out there, putting their foot down, saying enough. Whether you, they are the establishment or not, they are running. And just running for office, may, if you're a career politician like Jim, Tim Ryan and, and Nan Whaley, or if you're a citizen like Mark Bukita, I mean, I applaud you for running. I mean, I'm just, just I, I've run into running a campaign and running for office, and it's not easy work. So I'd love to have any candidate statewide, a public announcement for, for any candidate running statewide, J.D. Vance, Mike uh, DeWine, Frank LaRose, Turpeshire Tormoros, Nan Whaley, uh, Chelsea Clark, Dave Yost even, and the Democrat running against him. I'd love to have you all on the program. Contact me, 574-675-6747. And our last story for today is actually concerning Tim Ryan, who has told Pelosi, or I'm sorry, the clerk of the House, uh, Cheryl T- Johnson, pursuant to House Resolution 8, I write to notify you that a uh, of the designation of a proxy to cast my vote. I am, um, I am unable to physically attend proceedings in the House chamber due to the ongoing public health emergency, and I hereby grant the authority to cast my vote by proxy to the Honorable Rep. Don Beyer, who has agreed to serve as my proxy. Sincerely, Tim Ryan. The same day of that letter, he was in Portage County. He was in Toledo. And he was in a campaign bus making campaign ads. Now I have a question. If you are a sitting member of Congress who cannot show up for voting because you have to campaign, how is that a, a, a legal use, so to speak, for lack of a better term, of these proxy voting? I think proxy voting at all is a joke. That makes it even more so. That is a joke by the Pelosi regime and the House leadership. If you have, if you can campaign in person, you can vote in person, and do the job your constituents sent you to do. Do the job you were sent to do by your constituents for a reason. They sent you there. Do your job, and that's my message to Tim Ryan. And if he'd like to come on and, and defend himself, go right ahead. Right here, right now, open, open invitation. Like I said, to any statewide candidate, come on the program, talk about it. But until then, my name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. And I'm not going to yet confirm we will have a a federal. I'm not sorry, federal. I'm reading an article. I, I need to stop reading while I'm talking. I'm not going to confirm a episode this Thursday. I'll try as soon as possible to find out the schedule for the rest of the week. It's been a crazy week. My name is GOP Josh, but we will try to be back. As soon as possible. If not Thursday, we'll be back. We'll be, we will be back next Monday. If not, hopefully with an interview with someone statewide. Even if it's just a short 15-minute interview. If you're running statewide, let me know. I'd love to have you on the program. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader on the Red Feature Radio Network. Our Monday edition, GOPJosh.com, RedFeatureRadio.com. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 